The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Sif Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that thinks there's a reason the word snark is basically the word shark with a bite out of it. It's Sifpa. You're blowing my mind, Aaron. <laughs> How long did it take you to think that one? Out? It just came to me. It just came to me. No way. Welcome to Sifpop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Let's course your patrons. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Dicer from yourmoviefriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. I would say ahoy, but I'm scared of the ocean now. <laughs> right. So no. Hello. Each week we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, yeah. What did you do? What did you say? No, no. Like the Jaws? Yeah. Thing? Okay. I took me a second because nah, nah. I thought you were going to say nom, nom, nom. Oh, and then, no. it, then it kind of threw me out. Nom, uh, man, no, I'm ready to no. talk some Meg. Ugh. You ready to talk some Meg? Not really. I mean, we've got other stuff we can do too. I did want to ask. Um, by the way, this is going to be a great podcast. I'm really excited for a segment we've already recorded mm-hmm. that we're going to put in later, and we'll tell you more about that in a second. And then, of course, all the usual Sif uh, Pop fun. But I did want to ask you now that we're a couple weeks out from Mission Impossible Six. Has it faded at all for you? Like that happens sometimes with you know like. Movies we think are absolutely incredible that, you know, we'll start to realize things or it'll fade a little bit, the feeling. How about for you? So I've went and seen it three more times. <laughs> That's great. That's a perfect answer. That's amazing. So I'm guessing the answer is no. No, it hasn't faded. And, you know, all the questions I had about, you know, like these parts of the movie didn't make sense, like plot yeah, wise. Yeah. Yeah, after multiple viewings, they made sense now. Okay. So I was like, oh, okay. Are you sure they actually make sense, or you're just making them make sense? No, no, they actually it? make sense, right. because uh, I, I, I'll explain this without you know giving away spoilers, since it is a f- still a fairly new movie. Right, right. So I was confused about why one character would not reveal certain information, because, like, okay, you're on the same team and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, they weren't on the same team. Oh. MI6 is the British intelligence, whereas Mission Impossible is a different thing. MIF and MI6 are two different things. So yeah, I was IMF. Con- IMF. Yeah. So I was getting confused. 
But then as I watched the movie both times, I was like, okay, yeah, now now things make sense. IMF is literally imp- impossible, impossible mission, mission force. force, right? Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. Um, it has faded a little for me. Not much at all. Really? But, but I like that level, I, I really am, as a movie lover, when I love something, it just gets a couple notches up. Um, but then when I get away from it, I'm like, okay, all right, that's a really good. I think it's a great movie, but it's. I don't know that I'm ready to put it in my you know top 100 movies of all oh, time. No, no, that no, kind no, of no, thing. No. So it's. I guess when I said it, whenever I say one, it's one of the best movies ever made. I don't want that to come across as top 100. You know. Oh, I me. see. I see. Yeah. No. No. It's just. Because there's millions of movies, <laughs> right? This is just one of the best, like movies the top ten percent, yeah, top of all 10%, movies ever made, which is like you know top thousand, you know, <laughs> right? Like a, it's so good, yeah, yeah, t- not top one hundred. Okay, I'll, I'll say top one hundred when it's the top one hundred. Yeah, I was kind of feeling like maybe I'd have to put it in my list this year, which has happened with a couple movies that have come out this year, and and then I get away from it. I'm like, mm, no, I don't think it belongs there. No, yeah, maybe I, if I watch it a couple more times. I only so. have one movie, and that's uh, uh, Infinity War, and that's the only movie from yeah. this year that's going to crack my top 100. Yeah, Incredibles 2 will most likely crack mine, but we'll yeah. see. That's still a few months down the road. Yeah, yeah. Um, you ready to, to get into this thing? Yeah, man. All right, we'll do our uh, Buried Treasure at the end. We've got a very special uh, Sift Quest that we're excited to get to you today. We're going to do best ever shark movies, and we're, of course, going to review The Meg. But we'd like to start off with some Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss. We must decide whether or not we care about them or not now. Lots of stuff this last week. Yeah, and uh, not only this last week, but you know, going back two right. weeks because... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I didn't even make it past this week because so many crazy things happened this week alone. Okay. So just the top three, starting off with number one, Movie Pass is now worthless. <laughs> worthless is... It's funny because... It's now well. Actually, I, I just read that today they did something different Even too. Even today, like, like today they changed <sighs> it to two movies or three, some, three movies a week or something like. Well, that. Well, no, that was that was yeah, that was within the last week. But I thought, and I haven't researched this, so it may have just been somebody tweeting a rumor or something. Okay. But at the three movies a week, it's not worthless. It still pays for itself. The problem is they introduced it as as many movies as you want one a day, and so it yeah. feels like so so much different. Well, but I'm not going. I mean, I mean, I am actually going to more than three movies a month. But, yeah. But most people, that's probably about what they use it for. And also, another change is you can't see high uh, rate or uh, what? What is it? Blockbusters. Uh, yeah, blockbusters. Opening like weekend. opening weekend. You well, can't they, see they that. They changed that back though with oh, they the did. three a week. That's why they they were like, you know, we're gonna quit doing surge pricing. We're going to quit blacking out blockbusters, but we're going to go to three a week, which I actually thought was really smart. Um, yeah, well, they didn't because when I went to see the Meg yesterday, they wouldn't let me, and I had. Oh, to, really? Yeah, I actually had to pay for it. Mm, I don't know about that. Well, the interesting thing is, though, uh, I have an annual, and they're not doing this to annual people. Well, I have so, annual too. Then why are they messing with me? I don't know. Annual people should be able to see as many as they want still in one a day, all that stuff. So okay. That's weird. Yeah, because when I went to see the Meg, it said uh, there are no more showings for you today. And there well, are two and, more and showings. And I will say this. It, it's just words. Everything that they're telling us is just words that they're telling us. What they do feels different sometimes. Yeah. And they are scrambling and trying to survive. So nothing would shock me about Movie Pass at this point. 
this is only going to uh, affect you know you, me, and then maybe a couple other or and then some other people. But Alamo is coming out with their own. Yeah, I'm on their uh, wait list. Wait list. Me yeah. too. I'm definitely just because that's the only theater I go to. Is it pretty much because uh, I really like the Alamo Victory, you mm-hmm. know, thing with and the food is so good. And AMC has theirs. Yeah, uh, theirs is twenty bucks a month, and you can do three movies a week. Uh, and on that one, you can all see them all on the same day, even. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Uh, AMC, I, for me, I want one that can be at any theater, just because I want to be able to use it out of town. I want to be able to, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So, um, so I'm looking at, if I go away for MoviePass, or if MoviePass goes away, I'm looking at Cinemia. Which, That's what everybody's saying, is Cinemia is going to be the one that replaces it, because it's a more stable... Sustainable, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It'll be interesting, though. All right, but I definitely care because it's the future. I mean, it is the it's the way we're going to see movies from here on out is with a subscription service. Yeah, it just makes sense. It it really does. So even though Movie Pass, you know, they you know they're I hate to say it, but I really do think that they're going to go out of business this I, year. Uh, yeah, it looks that way. Yeah, but you know what? They started something. They started something that's kind of like Napster. Yeah, you know? it's hard to be mad at them. I mean, look at yeah. all the. I mean, uh, I spent. Basically, for me, when I got mine, it was for seven bucks a month. Yeah. Uh, under the plan I bought it under for seven bucks a month, you know, I've seen what thirty movies so far. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah, they're the Napster of theaters. Well, except for Napster was illegal. <laughs> like I know what you're saying in that they started something that changed the paradigm. Yeah. But Napster would like you were breaking the law when you use Napster. You're not breaking the law when you use MoviePass. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. What's next? Marvel is reportedly asking Disney to rehire James Gunn. Not a surprise. Yeah. Uh, here's here's the, I definitely care about this. We've talked about it a little bit before, the James Gunn thing. Yeah. Done our best to kind of work around it. Um, what do you think they're going to do? That's my question. Are they going to hire him back or are they not? What do I think? Yeah, what which, they do, do? which would you bet on? Which would you put money on if you had to? Honestly? Yeah. I really do think they will hire him back. I do too. That's where if I had to put money on it, I would put money on them hiring him back. Here's why. I want to I think we should both say why, you know, obviously. <laughs> sure, but, sure. Um here's why I think so because I think that Disney realizes from uh a industry standpoint, this is a bad precedent to set of you know, mm-hmm. rummaging things up from people's past just to, you know, mess with their present, even though it could possibly not even be the same person, really, because right. James Gunn is obviously different now than he was back then, uh, you know, making, you know, shock humor and stuff like that, you know, just to try and, you know, uh, troll people. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not what he does now. He's actually a really brilliant filmmaker and really funny and guy. And by all of the counts of the people who really know him yeah. and are around him a lot, i.e. the actors or other people in the industry, say he's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. You know, so that doesn't always mean everything, but it means more than you or me. Sure. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, we exactly. don't know. We don't know the guy. Exactly. And I also think that uh, they don't want to set the precedent. And I think that the overwhelming backlash from this is not something they expected yeah but i think they also know there will be backlash if they reverse uh there will be a subset of people who will not like that is that a very loud minority though i don't know i don't know how to tell anymore i don't know how to tell what's a loud minority that's when our our culture makes everybody loud right so it's hard to tell what a minority a majority is without doing an actual poll yeah. yeah yeah or census even you know something even more detailed um, we've we've 
talked the other angles of this quite a bit. I, I will restate uh, that I have no problem with Disney in this decision, whichever way they decide to go. I totally understand uh, as a business having to make a decision based on, you know, what somebody said in the past or, uh, you know, the present or whatever. I get that. Um, but I also have no problem if they hire him back. Like, you know, forgiveness is a beautiful thing and people do grow and they change and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm really fine either way. It's kind of, like I said, you know, both things can be true uh, situation for me. Um, but I think they'll hire him back because I just think, I think financially it makes the most sense. And at the end of the day, their business, and I think that Guardians of the Galaxy, they know will be a better, uh, a more marketable product with him. Now, having said that, it depends on who made that decision in the first place. Because if that decision came from a very higher, higher, higher up in the Disney company, they don't care. They, they're not going to care. They're just going to say, no, it's not happening. And there's nothing anybody can do about that. So that's my one caveat is if there's somebody really powerful in the, con- uh, the company that doesn't want this to happen, it's not happening. Yeah. You know, so, but I think they will hire him back. Yeah. Finally. Yep. Th- oh, man, sorry. I'm just going to get so mad. The Oscars has added a new category. <laughs> Most popular film. How dumb. I hate this so much. Well, it's just a bad idea. It's just the, exactly the wrong thing to solve the problem they think they have. Uh, it just dilutes everything. It makes It's condescending. Yeah, it makes no it. sense. It's condescending. Yeah. Um, it, to it, say, this movie's popular. But it's not good. It's not best. Right. Film we worthy. never win a best film, but you guys have your award. Here's yeah. your, here's all a, you common folks and your Yeah, yeah. It feels very much like I that. I hate this so much. A, it's making the Oscars even longer, which is the worst thing you could possibly do. Well, but they're talking they also announced in the same announcement how they're shortening the Oscar broadcast, which is they're going to do a lot of the technical award, well, they didn't say technical awards, but some of the awards, which I assume will be the technical ones, yeah, uh, off camera. So they'll do them earlier and then replay like clips of, and the person that won for sound editing was, and the person, you know, as they come back in, which these are the people we want to honor. Like these are the people who deserve that moment in the sun. Like if you're going to unbloat the pot or the the broadcast think of some more creative ways to do it that have to do with content not actual the awards i mean that at least for me I, the awards are what i i enjoy i enjoy seeing these people who've worked hard you know get their awards i've decided uh how to make the oscars shorter yeah cut out all the bits nobody cares about the bits like whenever somebody walks up and i disagree like, but i understand what you're saying uh, yeah, uh, cut out all the bits like whenever, you know, two people come up to give an award and they have their little comedic spiel. Oh, you mean the the chatter, the pre-award chatter. Pre-award chatter. Yeah, yeah, that could be cut out quite cut a bit. Cut out all that stuff. Like, just have an announcer guide. You don't need people coming up and it's like, now presenting is Chris Pine and uh, Zoe Saldana, and then they everybody stands for three minutes to clap for those two. And then they have their little comedic well, and spiel, and then they finally get into and the you yeah, know, nominees are. There, I mean, there's there's reasons they do it that way that involve. Um, I think they can. I'm not sure about this, but I think they sell those spots sometimes to, you know, uh, like promote a movie that's coming out. Those kind of things. Um, you know, it's also a star factor, a celebrity factor. You know, all these people are going to be on stage. You know, during the same night. I wondered why it's not like a three night event. You know, or you understand what I'm saying? Like, 
kind of builds up to like probably just you know viewing uh because you know some people can't see it on certain nights because it's always on a sunday i think right so i think most people have sunday nights off do you think people really i mean i guess a lot of people do still watch tv that way but where else do you see the Oscars? I don't see it on Hulu or anything. There's no subscription service that well, provides it. Well, ABC, yeah, ABC sh- shows the replay and that kind of stuff. But you could still do that stuff even if you don't now. Um, you know what I mean? Like if you decided Wait. to change things up and do like a three-night event, you could still put it on your, you know, whatever your they service is. They just need is. to put the Oscars on a subscription service like Hulu or something. Yeah. It would there's, make- lots, there's lots of, like I had a t- actually the most popular tweet I've ever tweeted was about this. Did you know that? No. It had like 700 likes and 150 retweets or whatever. I've never had anything what come, was it? come that close to viral. I basically just said, here are five awards we need before Best Popular Film. Yeah. And they weren't even all great ideas, but they were all better than Best Popular Film. What you were know? they? Um, stunt work. I think a Best Stunt Work yeah. award would be fun. Uh, casting. Best casting of a movie. Oh, yeah. Ensemble, the, ensemble casting. Well, well, honor the person who's doing the actual casting. Oh, That's okay. a real job in Hollywood that... You know, it takes a, a lot of effort. Um, best overall performance, so non-gender specific. Um, I understand. There's You'd have to hash through a lot of issues with something like that, but it's still a better idea than best popular film. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then so rude. What were, the, what were the other two I mentioned? Oh, uh, best digital performance is one of my favorites. I think this needs to exist. So this is for voiceover actors and mocap actors. Yeah. Um, so best digital performance. And then the other one, was another one that a lot of people disagree, or well, some people disagreed with, and I can't remember what. It, but anyway, so that was digital the should have been the number one. Yeah, easily. for sure, for uh, sure. Josh Brolin this year probably would have won. Right, yeah. been nominated. You'd have Andy Serkis would have every single have three year. Oscars already. You yeah. Know? So yeah, absolutely. Oh, I just hate this so much because. Do you think they're going to get rid of it now? They're re- going to realize this was know. a terrible idea. I don't know. I hope so. I think there's a better possibility that the Oscars will get rid of this than Disney will hire James Gunn. <laughs> all right. Fair yeah. enough. We'll see how it all works out. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the Meg. We have the discovery of a lifetime. System go for descent. We should find all sorts of species. We all believed the Mariana Trench was the deepest place on Earth. But we encountered the completely new world. There is something down here. What you people discovered is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing? It was the largest shark that ever existed. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct for over two million years. Wrong. A massive creature attacks a deep-sea submersible, leaving it disabled and trapping the crew at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. With time running out, rescue diver Jonas Taylor must save the crew in the ocean itself from an unimaginable threat, a 75-foot-long prehistoric shark known as the Megalodon. It's the Meg. We always need a good shark movie during the summer. Let's start off with, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? It was okay. I'm right there with you. I'm going to be slightly on the high side if it was okay, but I was not, really not afraid ex- you were going to love this. No, no. I, you know what's interesting is, and we'll get into the details, I guess I'll just start here as really the only huge pro for me, and the only reason it's slightly high on the liked it, the spectacle. There are some visuals in this movie that are- Better than it deserved to be. Right, yeah. Like, there are some, there are some moments. I think of, like, the posters for this movie, right? Yeah. The posters for this movie are fantastic. 
the idea of the the megalodon with his mouth open going up towards the great white with its mouth open going up towards the human yeah. you know that kind of stuff and that's what this movie is supposed to be about is bigger than ever before and i think it delivers on occasion in this movie with that idea and there are those visual moments in this movie where i was like I'm really kind of actually glad I saw this visual because it's kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, that's not all a movie should be about. And this movie isn't even that all the way through. In fact, it's that much less of the way through than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But those moments do exist, and I think the movie does deserve its due for them. I do need to say this up front. I have silicophobia. I am terrified of sharks and the ocean. So, uh, yeah, I hate sharks. I hate <laughs> them so very, very much, more than anything in the world. So does that make something like this better or worse? Like, uh, You know what I mean? Because you know you're not in danger, or do you still feel it... No, I still feel it. I like the tension and stuff like whenever they're in the water and you know they're looking around trying to find it. I hate that's my number one fear is like because you don't know what's under the ocean, you know, right. what's under the water. You could be on, you know, the surface and you can't see your feet looking down. And then you know there's scenes of this movie where they bob under the water, you know, try and find it and stuff and they're just looking through blackness of the ocean and stuff. Yeah, there are a few of those moments where there are, you know, where Shark, is it? Sharkish jump scares. Yeah, and I uh that's like right in my like fear house. Like <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, whenever those moments come, I was like right in your Blumhouse. Yeah, my Blumhouse. <laughs> hey, I see what you did there. But the, you know, there's so I think more than like a snakes on a plane, you know, this cuz that's the kind of movie I expected. You know, snakes on a plane, but it it turned out to try and be a better movie than it that. It did, and I actually kind of appreciated that. Yeah. That was the only other positive thing I had to say about this movie is it wasn't trying to be Sharknado. You yeah. know what I mean? It wasn't trying to even be Deep Blue Sea, which is ridiculous. Yeah. It's it, it actually, one thing I noticed about that, I felt like they had the sharks behave like sharks might behave. Like, I didn't feel like these sharks were too intelligent. Like, they were... Deep Blue Sea, like, like super yeah, like smart it, sharks. Or they were supernatural and just happened to know how to... like Just shark. They were sharks, and, and it went and did a shark thing, and the people had to chase the shark rather than the shark chasing the people, which makes so much more sense. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So um, so I actually did appreciate that it, that it wanted to try to be a little more grounded, but still be ridiculous in a visual sense. Yeah. Um, I just don't know that it, it really worked yeah. uh, in a lot of ways. So, No, I'm right there with you. It's, uh, uh, and I, I, I think we kind of skimmed over the spectacle of it, you know. Uh, I was actually shocked by how good this movie looked. Yeah. Yeah, the CGI is actually... It's really good. ...really impressive. Yeah, it's very impressive. So, uh... Maybe that's why I went into this movie with such low expectations. Mm. I don't know if it's... I thought it was going to be a Sharknado, Snakes on a Plane sort of movie, so when I went in with that mindset and it turned out to be more than that, I don't know if I'm giving it more credit than it actually deserves oh. or if it's actually, you know, actually deserves the praise that I'm actually surprised that it's getting. From us right now, not yeah. like I, I think it's well, tanking, you know, right now uh -huh, by critics. Tanking, I get it. Uh, Unintentional. <laughs> I, I don't dad joke like you. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, this 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 movie, by the way, right at the end has a great dad joke that I won't give away unless we do some spoilers. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I I'm with you. It's not like either one of us are over the moon for it, but there yeah. are some things to like here. Like there's, I can see how I can especially see how if you if certain things don't matter to you, if you're able to let certain parts of movie making go, that maybe you have a really good time at this movie. Yeah. Um, but for me, there were just enough distracting negatives that I can't say I really liked it or anything like that. Uh, I'm going to ask you a question. Hopefully this doesn't send us down a giant rabbit hole. Um, when a movie is intentionally bad, and I'm not saying this movie is intentionally bad, okay. like, a, like a snake's on a plane or something. Sure, yeah. Does it get a grace for being intentionally bad? I I have trouble with that. It's it's hard. It, it, for me, it's all about the journey. It's all about the experience. If I and and what's crazy about that is that's subjective, right? Like that could be one day you could be in the mood for something like that, yeah. And the next day you couldn't. But if I come out going, oh, I had a good time. You know, that's that's really where it centers for me. Now then I can dissect it and go, How did I feel about the acting? How did I feel about the score? How did I feel? But at the end of the day, for me, the primary foundation of my grade is going to be. How was that movie going experience? You know? Yeah. Um, so if it comes to a movie that's intentionally trying to be bad, if it's so bad that I'm not enjoying it and I'm not having a good time and it's just distractingly bad, no, it's still not a good movie. But if I'm laughing because it's funny, then all of a sudden it's a comedy, right? It may not be like, you know, a genre movie. It may be a comedy. And if I had a good time, then I had a good time. So, yeah, it's it kind of def- it depends on the journey I take. Okay. So Negatives. Yeah. Talk to me. You go first. I have I have one that I don't know I, that anybody else will will say, but I really think this movie suffers because the shark is too big. I think this I there's something much more intense and interesting about a shark that is our size or a little bit bigger than us because it bites you. It takes limbs. It bites it you and swallows in half. you. Whole. This just swallows a blue whale can swallow you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there's. There's something about how big it is that almost diminishes the intensity of this movie for me. In some of the the deaths or the fright, you know, the frightening moments, I'm just like, well, I mean, I guess it's scary to be digested alive, but at the same time, it's Sarlacc, like, <laughs> right? But at the same time, there's not that that intensity of I don't know. There's just something different about me. I wonder if anybody else had that experience, but I felt like I was a little more bored even during the shark parts because. Uh, it just swallowed people. <laughs> and it didn't just swallow people, but it could. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my counter to that is the fact that this was once a real creature. I know, right? I even thought of that, yeah. That this thing actually This isn't existed. made up. Yeah. <laughs> and that makes it terrifying to me. Yeah. The fact that I already am scared of sharks and the fact that the greatest predator in history Yeah was this shark. Yeah, scientists can't understand what could have killed this thing. Nothing. Like, yeah. There was no other, you know, creature yeah. that could have killed this. Now, yeah. we could right now. You know, if they existed now, yeah. like this movie, you yeah. know, says, we could find Spoilers. a way to try, try to kill them. Yeah, uh, I said find- try to kill them. Okay. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no other creature. Yeah, it's... And that's... I think that... I don't know what why that happens to me. Like, whenever I watch a movie, I'm like, Okay, so this thing actually existed. So now this movie is officially more more terrifying. And that when I think about it now, it doesn't make sense for me to have that mentality because either way, it's a film. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. But the fact that, you know, like, whenever I'm watching, like, uh, I'm trying to think of a horror movie that came out recently, something with, like, ghosts or, you know, like, demons or something like that, I'm like, okay, I don't think they're real. Ergo, not as scary. Mm-hmm. 
when it's something like this and it potentially, you know, not, that's a real I, creature. I'm not saying potentially a megalodon could show up, but um, <laughs> right. But it was real, so for some reason it just makes it scarier for me. I get that. Like I movies, totally get that. Like movies like uh, The Strangers, you know, people just breaking into your house to, you know, mess with you could actually happen. Yeah, scarier. Scarier. Okay. Yeah. No, I totally get that. I, I get that for sure. Yeah. But I think this is on the furthest edge of it's real mm-hmm. because it's extinct. Like Jurassic Park. Those dinosaurs were once real, right. so some of those scenes, kind of scary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I get that totally. Um, another negative for me are the relationships. I didn't buy oh, into them. No. I thought, And I think a lot of that has to do with the, the acting is iffy in this movie. Um, I there are, two, there are two actors that I thought I actually enjoyed in the movie and, uh, and played the role in the way that I enjoyed seeing it. That doesn't mean they're great actors, but I, I enjoyed their role. And surprisingly enough, it's Statham and Rain Wilson. I, I like I enjoyed their performances. Uh, I thought Jason Statham was really good in this, but everybody else around them was just not up up to par. Like, and so I didn't buy any of the friendships, any of the romance, any of the anything. The like romance that. was v- very forced. forced. Right? Yeah, it was so yeah. forced because I didn't see chemistry there at all. No, and the fact that there was this kind of trio romance dynamic thing it yeah. kind of muddled everything down and made it confusing yeah yeah yeah. and one was kind of pointless you right know? like okay why is this even in the movie yeah as the MacGuffin to make something happen but yeah yeah so sh- yeah so i didn't buy into the relationships and i think a lot of that has to do with the performances uh of some of those characters i didn't feel a chemistry like you know these people are supposed to you know be the best of friends you know they're all Exactly. Stuck, stuck, stuck on this facility out in the middle of the ocean. That's exactly right. They should feel more like a cohesive family. Like a crew, man. Yeah. Like, this is my crew. And they said stuff like that, but I didn't believe it. Yeah. I didn't buy it. Exactly. Um, it just did. I didn't feel it. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. And Because I, some of those people are really good actors. Like Ruby Rose, great sure, actress. Sure, yeah. I, I have to tell you, it's it's unfortunate because that one tweak, I think, makes this a good movie. I think if you if you have a crew like that's one of those I love hanging out with this crew I love the way they interact together I can feel the chemistry between them that changes a lot of the downtime in this movie where instead I'm just disconnected and bored all of a sudden if I'm enjoying hanging out with them and being part of their buddies you know buddies system <laughs> that's a weird way to say that uh, then I'm having a better time you know so yeah anyhow I it, yeah I thought that and then the the other negative I had was. Um, there's just the, the eye rolling moments are a little bit too eye rolly for me at times. Um, so, but again, I know it's that kind of movie, so I don't hold it against people if they don't, if that doesn't bother them. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know if I give this movie grace because that's the type of movie I thought it was supposed to be. But at the same time, it did make me roll my eyes. There, there are some. Uh, we let's let's do talk a, a few spoilers on this. Let's do a, let's do a sift spoil on this because I do have some things I want to say about situations and there's just there's a lot it's of it's gonna dumb, be a very short situation. yeah it'll be very short um but there's just there's there's just dumb people doing dumb things a lot in this movie and uh and it it just it was too much for me so i rolled yeah. my eyes a little bit yep. um maybe we can talk about that more in spoilers what else did you want to say anything uh one last thing if you're scared of sharks you'll probably find some scary moments in this movie i did because <laughs> they're sharks because and sharks. you're scared of them yes um if I had one last thing, 
it would probably probably be the um underwater visuals were a little too murky for me i think that's uh, the point i think it was but what it results in is just a screen of murk and so there's so visually there's not anything interesting going on and if you're not as invested in the quote unquote terror they're trying to bring to you it's just like staring at a you know weird painting yeah, so that those scenes that you're complaining about are the ones that scared me the okay. most. Well, I I don't have the I guess I don't have the same fear of sharks yeah. uh in that way. I mean, granted, if I'm in the ocean and I see a dorsal fin, I'm I'm praying it's a dolphin, believe me. Yeah. But uh but no, just like seeing them on screen has never really bothered me too much. You'll never find me in the ocean. So <laughs> why do you think I live in Missouri? I'm as literally as far nice. away from the ocean. I'm in the middle of the country. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, let's move on to the best ever challenge. Um, this might be a little short too. We're doing best ever shark movies now. What's interesting about that is this is one of the biggest genres there is. Like if you look up shark movies, there are hundreds of them, but almost all of them are schlock. Yeah, it's such an interesting kind of thing. So I just had a few that I picked here. I um, have movies that have sharks in them. They're not shark movies. I'm fine with that. Features a shark. Yeah. I'm good with that. My my number one is one of those. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. Okay. So, why don't you kick us off at number three and we'll work our way to number one. Contiki. Ooh, tell me. You ever seen it? No. It is a Norwegian uh, slash Denmark film. It was nominated for Best Picture or Best Foreign Language Film, sorry, back in like 2014 or something. Okay. Um, it's about this uh, uh, Norwegian uh, like explorer. He's wanting to prove that the Polynesians could build balsa rafts that could travel like a thousand miles across islands and stuff. Okay. Because historically, this is based on a true story, by the way, Uh, it had been said like they didn't know how these people got to these islands and stuff, these Polynesian islands. And he said, well, they built balsa rafts and then they sailed across the ocean. Like, balsa raft can't survive. You know, it would, you know, deteriorate, you know, in the water going that distance. And, uh, He's like, no, I really think that's how these people got to these islands and stuff. So he said, I'm going to prove it. I'm going to build a balsa raft, get a crew together, and we're going to use the exact kind of uh, materials that they would have had to try and sail across the ocean. And, uh, yeah, there's sharks. And uh, there's one scene in this movie where a shark is involved, and it's one of the coolest scenes in a movie. Mm. Because these guys are Vikings, you know, they're Norwegian and... uh, I'm just going to spoil the scene because it's an old movie. Uh, he has a pet bird. A shark jumps out of the water, grabs the bird, and eats it. And then as the shark's uh, swimming next to the raft, he grabs it by the back of the tail and pulls it on the raft and kills it. It's, <laughs> it's one of the most metal things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, that's funny. That's like LL Cool J in uh, Deep Blue Sea. You killed my bird. You killed my bird. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, interesting. I'm going to have to check that out. That sounds It's actually a very good movie. And I know the scene I just you know described makes it sound ridiculous, but it's actually a very grounded and realistic movie. No, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, my number three is Open Water. Did you ever see Open Water? Yeah, it it's, terrified me. I was going to say, because this one even terrifies me, and I think it's when, you know, you how talk about things could be real. It, uh, I isn't do, this a real story? It, like, happened it, to two It people? is based on a true story. Yeah. Obviously, they don't know. But, yeah. But this is what they imagined. <laughs> Could have happened. I'm, I'm, you know, I guess I don't want to give everything away, but, um, but it's it's terrifying because I, unlike you, actually do go to the ocean sometimes, and I have gone on scuba trips and snorkeling trips and those kind of things, 
And I just cannot imagine coming up and the boat being gone and nobody knowing you were left behind. Like yeah. that, the idea of being just out in open water with nobody coming is terrifying to me. So, so yeah. I'll say this right now, and hopefully this is. And it's well done. By the way, the movie is very well done yeah. too. So. Actually, it's pretty. I looked it up. It's pretty widely panned as a terrible movie. Really? Yeah. Like I think it has like a thirteen on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Wow. But um, what I do? My taste stinks. No, no, I'm right there with you. I think the movie's terrifying. But um, what was I gonna say? This I hope this doesn't sound like a downer or anything. Is this just how I would handle that situation? If if I came up and I noticed the boat was gone, I'd give them thirty minutes, and if they didn't come back, I would try and find a way to end it right there because I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't handle it. I really I don't know. I couldn't handle I, it. It's hard for me even to go there. You know what I mean? Like put myself actually in a situation like that. It's yeah. just I don't need to. I'm not there. I'll deal with it if it ever happens. Because like, I just think about how vast and big the ocean yeah. is. The 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 possibility of them coming back to that exact spot to find me right. is so negligible. Well, and you wouldn't be in the same yeah, spot. Yeah, the ocean like, would move The ocean's going to move you. So, so. I, I couldn't handle it. I would try and find a way to end it. I would... I. <laughs> The thought of ending it would be better than the thought of sitting there. You'd waiting. pull you'd pull the cyanide out of your cyanide tooth. Yeah, exactly. And uh, make make sure things. I, I'd hobby air bar, damn it. Uh, open water has a seventy two percent on Rotten Tomatoes what? and a sixty three percent on Metacritic. What did I see that it was so like open water? I'm thinking of the same movie, right? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, it's the same movie. Oh, okay. I was on a yeah on a IMDb. It's not doing so hot. Five point seven. Yeah, yeah. That's still not I thought awful. It, I thought it was really bad when I looked it up. Wow. Maybe, well, there you go. Maybe I like accidentally Makes skimmed, me feel a little better about my taste. Maybe I accidentally taste. skimmed down to like Sharknado or something accidentally. Uh, what's your number two? Jaws. Yeah, me too. Let's okay. let's talk about Jaws. Because it should be everybody's number one. You but know, you would think. But... I, okay, it is the greatest shark movie yes, of all time. Correct. And for me, it is the scariest movie of all time. Ergo, why I had that thing earlier. <laughs> it's so good, and if I can be honest, uh, I need to watch it again. It's been probably 20 years since I've seen it. Really? Yeah. So I, I need to watch it again. Last time I saw it was in a swimming pool um, at a college event. So, yeah, it's been a hot minute. I saw it on 4th of July. This 4th of July? Yeah. Yeah, I need well, to watch it again. It's a 4th of it's July so movie. It's so good. I can't believe I haven't watched it. Uh, it's, it's, one of those kind of, it's one of those movies... That not only is it so good, it's so uh, changed movies so much. Like yeah. I really should just watch it every year or watch at least every other year. So I, I feel feel like I'm not doing my my service, my movie watching service, and not having seen it in so long. I'm, I'll say this: I I didn't watch the movie again because I wanted to get scared. I wanted to watch it because I love the trio of Quint, Hooper, and Brody. And we were just Those... talking about that with this movie, right? Like yeah. hanging out with these guys that you can tell are yeah, you know, old pals and yeah. yeah. And just how crazy Quint is, and he, uh, it, the main thing I love about it is his Annapolis or the Indianapolis speech. Yeah, you know the USS Indianapolis that went down, and almost all the sailors got eaten by yeah. sharks. Yeah, and he just describes it, and he describes what makes a shark so terrifying, and it validated every fear I had. I'll say this: Jaws is the reason why I'm scared of sharks. Okay, and I'll and I know people are like, oh, you know, the it's just a ridiculous movie. Great whites kill more people than any other shark, so <laughs> I'll just say that. 
Uh, yeah, it's kind of like psycho is the reason I never take a shower kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I get it. Uh, number one, do we have the same number one? Probably. Is it Finding Nemo? Yeah. Yeah. Hello, Bruce. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. Uh, I, we talked about Finding Nemo a ton. I don't know if there's much to add except for that scene specifically is such a great scene. It's so adorable. Um, <laughs> that moment, it was funny because we just send uh, Deep Blue Sea, uh, which did not make my list. Uh, <laughs> and and there's this moment at the end where she purposely cuts herself to get the shark from trying keep the shark from trying to escape. Yeah. And so at the end in the outtakes, I cut over uh, that. Oh, Ooh, that's, that's good. Nice, or that's yeah. good or whatever. And then the uh, the Thomas Jane character dives in after her, so yeah. I have him diving in when they go intervention. And he dives in, so. It's fun times, fun times. But Just that, a point. That that scene is so great. Yeah. Uh, and it, what's so cool about it is that it goes from friendly sharks to menacing sharks so quickly. No, it goes from and you menacing be- shark and you to friendly it. shark to menacing shark. Right? Yeah, and you believe yeah. it. You know? Oh yeah, you understand it. You get it. And yeah, I just absolutely love that movie. So that scene is. Well, I'll say this right now. Finding Nemo, I think I've said before, is my favorite Pixar movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Top 100. In that we agree. Yeah. Um, it's It used to be my uh, whenever I was sick, I would watch that movie to make me feel better. But then I, when it got to the point, I don't know if you can train, like, can you train yourself? Like, whenever you watch, whenever I did that, Whenever I started watching the movie when I wasn't sick, I started to feel sick because my body was oh, trained. Like a Pavlovian response. Pavlovian response. So nice. I just I couldn't watch it when I got sick anymore because I love the movie. That's uh, incredible. But no, no, that scene with the three sharks, which I didn't even know that. Um, what is that actor's name? Uh, ah. They played Bruce. No, no, not Bruce. He was the uh, the the one with the hook in his mouth. Okay. Uh, he was in Munich. He was in. He's the South, or he's the Australian guy. He was in Troy. Hmm. Ah, it's gonna drive me crazy. Looking it up real quick because I feel like an idiot. You can keep talking about Eric Bana. Oh, that's Eric Bana. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I was surprised how many like Jeffrey I think I did Rush. Know that. Yeah, Jeffrey yeah. Rush is in that movie. I'm like, wow, they got a lot of Australian people in this movie, which makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. So that's that's cool. Yeah, no, Finding Nemo is definitely my number one. Did you have any honorable mentions? I just had two. Uh, Sharknado. Really? For, you like Sharknado? Uh, I like it for the first one. After I mean, that, it's after worth that mentioning is, at least. After yeah. the first one, it's just beating a dead horse, you know? Beating because, a dead shark? Yeah, beating a dead shark. Because it's so stupid. It's it's an MST3K movie. Yeah. You know, it's it's a movie that you just want to make fun of because of how dumb it is. And they hit gold with the first one. You like what is the dumbest thing we could possibly come up with? A tornado that throws sharks around. That is the <laughs> dumbest thing we could possibly think of. Yeah. And you know, make the first one, but then they made like fifteen other ones, and they didn't realize that the fact that it was ridiculous the first time. If you keep repeating, it's like the Human Centipede movies. It was so stupid of an idea. Well, it's a little different in the, the human centipede well, movies okay. are also so disgusting of an idea. That's okay, but it's the same. It's the same principle of something so stupid, something so disgusting. Right. Yeah. What is the most disgusting thing we can think of? What is the dumbest thing we can think of? It's yeah, I see what you're saying. How extreme of how extreme can we go? And I appreciated the Sharknado, not the human centipede, because I don't, <laughs> I don't find that kind of stuff entertaining. Yeah. But um, it was stupid and fun and 
it's a movie where you have to turn your brain off. You know, obviously, right. I don't, I can't even consider it a movie. Really, it's just an experience. Uh, I had The Shallows. I really liked The Shallows. Uh, it almost made my top three. Uh, Blake Lively, uh, Trapped oh, on a Buoy. Hated that because um, I hate sharks. Yeah, well, well, and other people hate it for other legitimate reasons. I, I, I don't know that it's a great movie for everybody, but I really bought her performance, and I bought the concept of her situation, and even though I didn't buy, and this is an example of a movie that didn't treat sharks like sharks. Because that shark was so weird. Yeah, well, it, it was, was like not, out to get her. Yeah, it was know, like which a makes, vengeful. Yeah, which makes no sense. So um, that was the one part of the movie I totally get why people don't like that, but as far as like the visuals and the movie making, I thought it was a very well-made movie and I enjoyed the experience. I seriously so. thought that you were going to say that you loved it because of the dad pun in that movie with the seagull, Steven Seagull. <laughs> no, no, but the, maybe, who knows? What was that other one? 43 meters down? 47, 47 meters 47 down. 47 meters down. I never saw that one. So. I have not seen it yet either. Yet? You plan on seeing it? I have it in, I have a big, you know. Did it come out this year? Pile of stuff. I think that was. Last year, wasn't it? Last year, yeah. Okay. So I have I have a pile from every year of like a dozen to two dozen movies that I just didn't see uh, that you know eventually you plan on seeing. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll have time someday. Okay. Maybe you you'll can't send tell it. me what to Maybe do. You'll send forty-seven right. meters. You have down. no idea. You yeah. don't know. Um, and then the only other one I had was Jaws two, which I think is better than people give it credit for. So no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was great. <laughs> Did you have any others? No, 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 no. There no. you go. Best ever shark movies uh, in the chat. Again, said, Jaws is the best shark movie. Best it's ever just, movies with sharks. Yeah, best ever movies with sharks. It's Finding Nemo. Uh, in the chat, they're mentioning Shark's Tale, where Will Smith voices the shark. Wasn't that a DreamWorks movie? I never saw that the one, I, I did. There's, it's not that great. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, no mention of Shark's Tale. Um, you ready to keep moving? Yeah. All right. But before we continue on, uh, I do want to let you know that this is a Patreon-funded podcast network. So if you like Sif Pop, you want to hear bonus episodes, uh, some other fun perks, uh, you can be a supporter of the podcast network. It's called Studio DNA. Just go to patreon.com slash studio DNA and support starts at $3 a month. Comes with uh, some pretty fun perks. Um, we had a fun time in our pre-show uh, this week. Andrew had some things to get off his mind about weird dreams and... All that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. So, uh, oh, yeah, I forgot about So that. Patreon supporters can check that out and hear that. And if you'd like to be one, just go to patreon.com slash DNA. So we're going to head into the Sift Quest portion of the podcast for today. But for today, it's a little bit different. We got a message from Natalie after we had talked a little bit about the Scarlett Johansson thing mm -hmm. and about the idea of appropriation and acting and having actors you know have to be something to portray something and we had even mentioned i think in our conversation that we feel a little uncomfortable sometimes talking about this stuff because it's not us like we're not coming from that perspective yeah uh natalie contacted and said hey i just listened to your newest sif pop episode and i enjoyed it my name is natalie and i'm a transgender woman and if you'd like i'd love to have a conversation with you about trans people in media not an argument or a one-sided conversation but i'd love to talk to you I'm not mad, and I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong, which I really appreciated that. So we connected with Natalie, and we actually have Natalie with us. Natalie, how are you doing? I'm doing very well today. Thank you. I really, how are you? I'm great, and I really appreciated uh, your message. Um, I love that you were very careful to make sure we understood uh, that you weren't upset and you didn't want to have an argument. 
uh, I talk a lot about on our podcast about the freedom to be able for us to talk and have a little bit of grace if we mess up. Like if we say something that isn't quite correct or, you know, I really am a firm believer in that, that if we're going to have open communication with each other, we have to give each other a little bit of grace. So I really did appreciate that. Um, so tell me a little bit first, like why you decided to write to us, like uh, what you heard and kind of what you were thinking when you decided to kind of connect with us. Okay, I will admit that it was a little frustrating uh, listening to the both of you talk and me not being able to talk to you as well. And give <laughs> well, we're here to remedy that. That's right. That's right. We're here now. Yeah, yeah. So um, that's all. That's great. And I just, you know, you guys seemed a little lost and um, maybe um, unintentionally a little bit misinformed. And I wanted to see if I could provide some more answers for you guys. Um, and then, you know, in a nice way, because I know that sometimes the trans community can come off as, you know, this is how it is and this is how it's supposed to be. And I just wanted to um, provide a little bit of a, you know, like a more comfortable environment for that. No, we totally appreciate that. And in, in fact, I don't know that that's just the trans community. I think that's every community who has something to say about being misunderstood or those kind of, that, you know, that a lot of communities have that thing where it's like, I want, you know, I need my voice to be heard. And in fact, that's kind of what we're talking about with, you know, the Scarlett Johansson thing and different things like that is the idea of perspective, the idea of appropriation, the idea of, you know, hearing different voices in different perspectives and especially the perspectives and voices of those who, you know, identify with that community. So I, I'm really glad that, that we're doing it this way. So I appreciate that and feel free to continue on in, in, uh, Help us out. Tell us, you know, kind of your thoughts, whether it's specifically about the ScarJo thing or, you know, just kind of in general, uh, you know, transgenders in media. Okay. Um, I did want to go over some quick basics, some jargon that I might use that you might have questions about Good. during um, my talk. And if you have any questions, you know, feel free to stop me and I'll um, do my best to answer them. Um, like you said up top, my name is Natalie. I've been transitioning uh, for about one and a half years now. Um, and my pronouns I use are she, her, um, I identify as a male to female lesbian trans woman. Um, a trans woman, uh, is someone who, um, identifies as female, but is assigned male at birth. Um, similarly, a trans man identifies as male, but was assigned female at birth. Um, a transgender person, um, basically it's just somebody who doesn't identify as the gender they were assigned at birth. It doesn't have to be so um, binary. And that's a little bit deeper um, into that, but I don't think we're going to be touching on that as much. Um, and it tends to be a little bit more complicated. Are you so talking about the, to... uh, the, like the idea that uh, gender is on a spectrum, the fluidity of gender, those yes. kind of ideas? Yeah. I don't know that yes. we'll go, we'll go too much into, into that, but yeah. Um, but it's good for you to kind of lay that out. Can I just ask the term I've heard for what I would be considered as cis? Is that correct? Yes. Am I understanding that term yes. correctly? Yes, that was going to be my next point. Is a cisgender person um, would be I would guess would be you, um, you and and Andrew, um, and that is a person who identifies as the gender they were assigned at birth. Correct. Oh, okay. So. Um, um, Going to more towards the uh, movie that uh, Scarlett Johansson was supposed to yeah, portray. Yeah, tell us um, a little bit about your thoughts about that. Yeah. Um, so the person she was going to portray was a trans man. 
Um, so I heard you two talking about Laverne Cox um, a little bit. Um, so really, she would not be uh, portraying um, this character because she identifies as female. And the uh, character that Scarlett Johansson was set to portray was a trans man, which is somebody who identifies as male. I see. I understand. Yeah. Um, so that's not really um, in her her little wheelhouse, so to speak. Um, as far as um, the movie goes, um, so some of the more common um, things that are brought up is that there aren't enough talented trans actors out there quite yet. Um, and I would tend to disagree. Um, it's just that people um, don't know where to look. Um, sure. Because uh, obviously we have Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black. Mm -hmm. um, but she's done other stuff as well. Uh, she was in Doubt last year, which was a 2017 freak show as well. Um, but I don't know if you've heard of um, this trans actress. Her name is uh, Jamie Clayton. She starred in um, Sense8, was also in uh, The Snowman, uh, which was from 2016, and The Neon Demon. Mm -hmm. uh, more recently, though, uh, we just had two fairly big announcements. Um, yeah, I wanted Supergirl. to ask you about the Supergirl announcement. I, I definitely wanted yeah. to go there because that, uh, um, that was uh, Nicole Maines, right? Yeah. Uh, has been announced to play Nia Nall, uh, who will become Dreamer in Supergirl. So, yeah, I wanted to hear your thoughts on that, too. I, th I think that's great um, that she was able to um, get that role. And I think it's great that um, we're finally get, um, getting more roles on, on television, especially in um, superhero, the superhero sure. genre, I guess, um, just because it's a favorite genre of mine. And um, I know that um, it's not been um, – a place generally it seems for the LGBT community until more recently. Um, because it, the, um, the amount of, um, I don't know where I'm going with this. <laughs> well, I, I think I can possibly add to that is I think that, you know, having superheroes or to identify with is really important because they're championing not only their morals, but their identity. And if you can relate to somebody who is a superhero, then it kind of validates everything that you feel about yourself. So. Well, and there's also the element, and I've heard, um, I've heard this talked about in other factors as well, but the idea with superheroes of a secret identity. And the, yeah. the idea of a secret identity, uh, and again, please uh, you know, step in, Natalie, if, if, you, if you have comment on that, but the idea of a secret identity is often very powerful to somebody who has been told to hide their identity or has been told that this isn't who you are or, you know, those kind of things. So just the whole uh, issue of identity is so prominent in superheroes mm -hmm. that I can absolutely see how, how important that is. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, often day to day, it seems like I do have a, a little bit of a secret identity. Um, because, you know, for the longest time I wasn't out to anybody. Um, I'm mostly out to, you know, everybody now. Um, but there are still some select areas that I'm, I'm not able to be out for, um, just safety issues. And so definitely day to day, it feels like I have to, you know, uh, put on that costume and become someone else for a little bit. 
You mentioned early, uh, right at the beginning, something that I found very interesting when you were talking about the ScarJo thing that, that kind of sent off a light bulb for me, which was that the character that she, that she had been cast as is a trans man. And so in many ways, she is the issue isn't necessarily that she's playing a, a trans person. It's that she's playing a cross gender, right? Because being a cis woman... And now she's playing a man. It would be like a woman playing a man, which isn't you know necessarily. I don't know that I see that much in pop culture. You know, women you know play women and men play men. Is that kind of am I stating that correctly? Kind of what you said there. Oh, absolutely. You're you're right on the nose there. That's absolutely correct. Um, and yeah, no, it's it's very odd to see a, a woman play a man or a man play a woman, and sometimes can be um, uncomfortable for some people. Um, it's not a new um, phenomenon, um, though, because we have Hillary Swank who played uh, a trans man in Boys Don't Cry. Um, so it's nothing new. Um, right. But it, but it is, um, can be uncomfortable for, for, uh, especially trans people. Well, and especially with the, and again, thank you for the grace to kind of talk about this. And, and I apologize if I say something insensitive, I promise I don't mean to. Um, but the idea you know, being with transitioning with a, you know, transition that a lot of times I think for somebody cis like me, we would think, oh, ScarJo is the one that makes sense to play that because the trans man was born a different gender, was born, you know, the quote unquote gender assigned to the gender, I should say, of a woman. Uh, and so my brain connects it in that way. But it's interesting to shift that paradigm for me. And that's, it's what, you know, I'm one of the reasons I'm really glad you're here to think of oh what would what would it look like for a you know male actor to play a trans male or what would it look like for you know just kind of considering the different versions and you know kind of understanding what is kind of on the spectrum of ex- quote unquote acceptable or appropriation uh, and beyond so um, so let me ask you then directly that question. If the performance, you know, if you're looking on a spectrum, obviously the best for you would be for uh, a trans man to play a trans man uh, because of the perspective and the um, the representation, those kind of things. Would it be better for a cis man to play that role than a cis woman? I'm going to say that it's marginally better, okay. but there are still um, misconceptions um, that go along with that. And you're still depriving, um, trans men of those roles that do want to act in those roles. And, um, honestly, um, there's just not, you know, there's a, there's a certain level of, um, of, you know, more accurate actors make for better roles. So you have like Tom Holland in Spider-Man homecoming. I think that he did a better job than, um, any of the past, you know, Spider-Men, excuse me, um, <laughs> I'm having trouble coming up with their names right now. But um, I think that he did better because he was more younger and he was more fit for that role. Or like um, we have Arlie Ermey in uh, Full Metal Jacket. Um, I know that the um, the story behind that is that they were going to he was supposed to be coaching um, somebody else to be a drill instructor and they ended up going with him because he is a real drill instructor and he came off more authentically. Yeah, it, it is It is definitely better. I think of even recently 8th grade is a good example too. Uh, Bo Burnham casting actual 8th graders 
you know, as opposed to a lot of times what is done where you find cast, young people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you find, you know, somebody who looks five years younger than they actually are and yeah. and that kind of thing. So, yeah, no, I totally hear what you're saying. Is there a balance somewhere? Like, is there on the line? Because obviously acting is about being someone else, yeah. right? So there is uh, a thing, you know, with acting where actors like roles for of people that they're nothing like. Um, I, I think it's, it's to me, what it comes down to is sensitivity. Like, especially if you, if you know you're hurting someone or taking a voice away, I think it's, it's very valuable to do the extra work to, uh, to cast appropriately. But we had mentioned, um, The Rock, uh, playing, um, amputee. an amputee, right? Well, The Rock is not an amputee. Uh, how would you compare those two things? Do you feel like they're the same, different? Um, are they on a spectrum somewhere? Like how, how would you think about that? I find it kind of ironic because, um, I've had, um, people, uh, in my life kind of, um, compare being transgender to being, um, something similar as somebody who thinks that they should, um, shouldn't have a limb or should be blind. Um, so kind of like an amputee, Mm. um, comparison. So, um, I think that it's a fair comparison um, as far as, um, you know, uh, depriving, quote unquote, depriving a, um, an amputee of that of that role. Right. Um, I just I was kind of all for it because of the way that they were treating um, the role originally, um, which was that they weren't making a big deal out of it, that he was playing an amputee. It was just something that, um, they had added in the story. And then as closer and closer to the movie came out, they started really, um, puffing their chest out and, um, kind of showing it off almost. And that's what kind of made me upset about it. Oh, that's interesting. So there's a little bit of the, uh, kind of, um, the emphasis of what's being played too. So for instance, the movie with ScarJo is a, about that in many ways it's about uh you know the trans you know the transition and the trans man so you want it to be more accurate in that way and you want it to be more representative but if it was it was just and i'm not saying it's you know not the best to do it that way either way but but what i hear you saying is sometimes if it's just a like a character trait and it's not the point of the film then that makes it a little bit different am i understanding that correct um Kind of like from my own personal um, perspective, I would say that 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 would be correct, yes. Okay, and by the way, I'm glad you brought that up. I meant to mention this at the beginning. We don't expect you to speak for the entire trans community. You know, that's one thing I always tell, you know, people when we have conversations about these kind of things and they're quote-unquote representing uh, is you're representing you personally, and that's it. We don't, you don't have to speak for you know, an entire community, because I, I felt that pressure before, even as a Christian, you know, as a person of faith that I have to speak for everybody else who believes in Jesus. You know what I mean? And it's, it's yeah. one of those things where, you know, I can only speak for my faith. I can only speak for, you know, where I come from. And so, um, I, I want you to know, you have that grace as well. Like you don't, you know, we know this is that you are dealing with your own life, your own personal experiences and your own journey and certainly a lot of that is going to compare to others who are going through the same journey you're going through, but it doesn't necessarily mean that um, you have to be the, the one with the megaphone and the bullhorn. You know, we appreciate you just being here and chatting with us. Yeah. Does that make oh, sense? Okay. I, 
I have I'm having a good time chatting with you too, and I, I appreciate that, Grace. Good, 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 good. Um, you know, what would you say to people? This I guess, you know, this is where we, we can kind of land on this stuff. What would you say to someone who is having difficulty understanding, you know, why, you know, Scarlett Johansson can't play this character? Or even beyond that, what would you say to somebody who doesn't understand um, you know, the 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 trans population and those kind of things like what would be the one thing you would want to communicate uh to people who don't have a trans friend or don't have you know somebody in their life that you know they can communicate about this stuff is you know what would you boil it down to um as far as for i'll I'll cover both the um scarlett johansson thing and the second part of your question yeah um as far as the scarlett johansson thing um it's that she's done this kind of stuff before with Ghost in the Shell. Yep. And if nobody calls her on it, she's going to continue doing this kind of thing. And um, it's just it's it's frustrating. It really is um, very frustrating to see her take on these roles that you feel that she's not really fit for. Um, and then to answer the second part of your question, um, as far as speaking out, if I could say anything to um, people having trouble understanding it's that we're having trans people are having um, a difficult time uh, right now um, as far as fighting for our rights and just trying to be accepted in society. Um, There's not a day that goes by that I'm not stared at um, because I don't, you know, people are trying to figure out my gender or Mm -hmm. figure out what's going on with me. Um, And for the most part, I've gotten over over that but um there are still many people out there um that are having issues with that and um i just want to um express how important it is not only for representation for um trans people um to see other trans people in media um but it's also important for uh the rest of society to see excuse me see trans people and see that, you know, we're not scary monsters and that, you know, we just want to live our lives and we can do everything that a regular, um, I say regular, but anybody else can do. Sure. Very well said. Andrew, did you have any questions you wanted to ask any other places you wanted to go? I've just been enjoying, you know, uh, this conversation being educated, you know, just listening and learning and really appreciating everything that Natalie's doing right here. You know, I know, that she's just, you know, talking about, I say, I say like she's not here, sorry, uh, <laughs> that you're actually just talking uh, about, you know, something that you truly believe in and that you want people to understand. And it's so awesome, you know, that yeah. that we're actually getting to do this. So thank you, Natalie, so much. Yeah, I appreciate so much you reaching out. Um, I feel like kind of, Natalie, I feel like you kind of let us off the hook a little too much. Like, I, I feel like maybe... <laughs> You should tell us like specific things that we said that we shouldn't have said or yeah. that we kind of got wrong. I'd love like if there's in you know one of one of or two of those in your brain, feel free, you know, let us know you know how we can change. We're here to learn. We are here to learn. I understand that. And I, I do appreciate um, all the work that you guys are putting in here um, by letting me come on and uh, speak to you and speak to all of your uh, all your listeners here. And um, I'm, generally, I'm not uh, a mean person, and there's not really a mean bone in my body. Um, I know uh, I did want to say to you guys, I know it is frustrating that, um, you know, society is changing, and sometimes it feels like it can be changing a little bit too fast 
for some of us. Um, and I know that, uh, it takes, it, it takes practice, but, um, you know, we just, um, really appreciate, um, the attempt. Um, I say it like you failed, but, uh, appreciate <laughs> the attempt and, um, really, um, all the help that you guys, uh, are giving us. And, um, like I said, I know it's frustrating. I really know, uh, how frustrating it can be sometimes. Um, but it's, um, it means a lot. Appreciate that, Natalie. For me, it all comes down to love. If you're a human being, I love you plain and simple. That's what it comes down, you know, to me. And, and I, I hate to know that something I might say or do would, hurt someone and so i live my life i try to live my life in a way that um that that shows that love to everybody i come in contact with and that other that other stuff is you know it's all it's all kind of labeling and labeling just it always gets a little weird for me um because we we label ourselves other people label us and at the end of the day i just you know lots of times just want to take off all the labels and just go human you know and that's all that matters um, so I, I really appreciate it, Natalie, and I, I appreciate your insight. I appreciate your education, uh, appreciate your journey and much love to you. Um, I would like to extend that, uh, that all that back to you and to Andrew as well. Thank you. Appreciate that. And to you. That's right. All right. There we go. <laughs> we all love each other. That's right. Yay. <laughs> now, if everybody else could just pay attention. Yeah. Oh man. That's the other thing about conversations like this. We just live in such a world right now where division is seems to be the theme, right? Like, uh, it, it just seems to be that, that powerful people want to divide to get more power. And so, you know, social media, I think problem a lot of times with social media and even maybe stuff like what we do is a lot of the context is missing because these aren't, you know, like Natalie, you and I don't have a genuine relationship, right? Like we don't have an, you know, an intimate friendship, um, you know, I, I do a podcast and you listen to the podcast. And a lot of times I think on social media, we pretend like we actually know each other. And so we misunderstand each other and then we get mad at each other. And man, I just, I'm, I'm all for this kind of stuff where we can break down those walls. I also think that on social media, you're going to find a lot of people who just want to watch the world burn as it's I said. I not. The, no, but I'm, believe it or not, there's a lot of people out there who just really like, they want to start the fight. Yeah, I suppose. Not everybody is as happy and loving as you, Aaron. <laughs> but Thanks. unfortunately, there are some buttholes out there, <laughs> as I would say on this podcast, as I'm not allowed to say. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> my, my choice of vocabulary. But uh, it's good that there are people out in the world like you, and everybody should be more like you. Oh, thanks, man. More loving and understanding. And I just asked for grace because it's difficult for me to uh, learn. Mm -hmm. So my progression through, you know, being educated on everything like this is probably slower than others. Not for lack of trying. <laughs> it's just that I don't even remember what I had for lunch yesterday, let alone, you know, learning every... I just have very bad short-term memory, so whenever it comes to learning things... I just asked for grace. Yeah. So. Well, and change is hard. And, and Natalie, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, feeling like change is weird and it's happening too fast. And, I, I you know, 
I think change happens so slow, and I think it's got to be from your perspective, especially yeah. that change isn't happening fast enough. Um, and sometimes, yeah, that's how it feels, definitely. So I, it again, it comes down to perspective, which is exactly what we're talking about in yeah. the idea in why different perspectives are needed and why representation is important because you know there's just something about a deeper understanding of you know those issues and those things. So. That's, yeah. that's one thing I did want to end on for me is something I learned today is just because, uh, or how am I going to phrase this? Um, whenever I'm not the t- focus audience of a particular thing like transgender, it does, it, I could see now how the transition and being the inside looking out, how slow the uh, progression is, mm-hmm. whereas my perspective of outside looking in I don't really notice it because it's, you know, it doesn't impact you it doesn't the same impacting way. me in the same way. Right. Exactly. So I have a better appreciation for that now than what I did before this. So very nice. Thank you, Natalie. Really appreciate your time. Honestly, it's, it's no problem. Um, it was a, an experience for me to be on this podcast. I'm a big <laughs> fan of you and I'm a big fan of, of, uh, some of the other work that you do with like cinema sins and stuff. Oh, like thanks. That. Yeah. Well, that was the best. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Natalie, yeah. did you have anything else you wanted to say before we go? I did just want to, you know, end on for me. Um, just um, sometimes uh, it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of other people, especially when you're not looking uh, to go do that for yourself. And uh, I just want to remind people to... Um, you know, love everybody and understand that their experience is not the same as yours and their perspective is not the same as yours. So sometimes it can be frustrating when we have, um, you know, disagreements and things like that. And I just want to remind everybody to, to just love each other. Perfect. Perfect way to end it. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah, Appreciate you. Can't do better than that. Not a problem. All right, let's finish up with our buried treasure. Andrew, what's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? The new season of Orange is the New Black is out. Yeah. I really like it. I just love that show. I've still got four episodes left. I think I have two. I think so far it may be my favorite season of Orange is the New Black. Really? Yeah. I think last season was one of my favorites. It just feels more it it just feels more emotionally stable than than most of the other seasons have to me. And it feels less exploitative. I felt like some of the earlier seasons especially felt a little more uh, kind of women's prison exploitative. Um, but I this, get that. But this this feels, you know, very much about the characters and the, you know, the drama and that kind of stuff, which I love. Well, the thing of, you know, with a show like this, the cast is so huge. It's a giant cast. So the first couple seasons, you're just trying to remember everybody. Right. No, that's true. And I'm sure if I went back and I watched the first couple seasons, I would, you know, appreciate them more. But for for, you know, where they were to where they are now... Just watching this story has just been, you know, a roller coaster. It's just, I love it. I yeah. have so much fun with this show. It's funny. It's heartbreaking. It, it's every single genre you can imagine. It's terrifying in some aspects, but it's all done so right because you, as we said with the Meg, these this group of characters is the chemistry between them all right. is so perfect. You believe their relationships. I do. Yeah. Whenever you have a group of people like this that are secluded from the rest of society, you should expect them to have a better chemistry. And I think that Orange is the New Black is like the epitome of a giant cast 
completely getting each other and making the chemistry yeah. between everybody flow perfectly. No, that's cool. I, I like it when that happens. Yeah. Um, and I totally agree on that. That is one of the strengths of the show uh, is the cast and their relationship to each other for sure. What is your buried treasure, sir? My Hero Academia. Do you know this show? I Okay, so it was, uh, I forget his name. Uh, we had a guest guru on a couple. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he recommended it, and I picked it up. Yeah, I'm only like four episodes in. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a huge amount in, but I'm loving it. It's uh, and really so I just wanted to. I just wanted to echo and and to uh, use it as my buried treasure this week and just say that is a very interesting show. Um, and it's kind of for me, it's kind of like X Men meets Pokemon in some ways. And I don't just mean culturally. I just mean that there. The idea of Pokemon is there's all these different monsters with different you know abilities, and you're yeah. trying to catch them all and figure them all out. Well, this is the same except for with like mutant abilities, quote unquote. Although they're not really called that here. Yeah. Uh, and it's about a world where almost everybody. I like how they're called gimmicks. Quirks. I oh, think. quirks. Yeah, 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 quirks. Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody has a quirk, and what's interesting is they're they are quirky. They're you know they can be anything, very different, and so it's dealing with a you know a kid who hasn't found his quirk or doesn't have one. Yeah. And is one of people who I like. I think it's pretty interesting how. It's you on know, Hulu, by the way, if you want to check it yeah, out. Yeah, Hulu uh, is dubbed, which I prefer dubbed anime, but live Really? Action- I, I prefer, I mean, I watch it dubbed because I have to, but yeah. I, I prefer uh, the actual original voices. Whenever I'm watching like a cartoon anime, I prefer dubbed, but whenever I'm watching a live action movie, I prefer subtitles. Interesting. I don't know why. It's really weird, but uh, yeah. Um, I like the fact that in this show, My Hero Academia is, if you don't have a quirk, that's not the norm. Right. And That's the know, minority. It's always, you know, like with X-Men and stuff, you know, there's always a few gifted people. In this, there's a few ungifted people. Right. And I like that. Yeah, I found that interesting because I, there's, a, there's an issue that's not dealt with a lot, which is, um, you know, the idea of I look around and it seems like everybody has this but me, you know? Yeah. Um, and I like kind of the way the show deals with that for sure. So I just thought I'd give it another shout out and let you know I'm watching it. It's cool that you're watching it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and just say, give it a shot because I think you might like it. When you're done with My Hero Academia, I don't know if you watched it or not, check out One Punch Man. I haven't watched One Punch Man, no. It's not going to lie, one of my favorite shows ever. Like top I know, you shows. said that before. I definitely need to check it out. It's so so fun. get it on my list. Well, we did it, Andrew. Woo! Podcasting has happened. Congrats to everybody. You get your award for best most pop, po- popular, most popular podcast. Most popular podcast. <laughs> well done. I'm so proud of you. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Also want to give a huge thanks to Natalie for joining us today. Appreciated your conversation, your openness, your grace. Uh, That was a wonderful conversation. And I think something to let you know, if there's any topic, anything that you want to talk about, make sure you let us know. Uh, We are totally open to conversations and 
uh, and having those chats. So thank you to Natalie for coming on and opening up like that. We do appreciate it. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters as well for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment on Spreaker or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than finding a secluded swimming spot at a Chinese beach. Spoiler chat will be up next in your podcast feed, even as short as it might be, because I don't know that there's a lot we want to talk about, but it will be there. And then next week, I'm not sure what we'll talk about, but I'm kind of leaning crazy rich Asians right now, so... Not we'll Mile see. 22? No, I... Oh, I might not be here next week. But. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So we'll figure it out, and we'll let you know. But until then... Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>